Hello and welcome back to the Philippi Fit Podcast. This is your host Dylan Philippi. My job is to help spread the wealth on everything fitness and health. Feel that, Marky? You feel it? I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> My goal is for it to be like kind of goofy, but then it's goofy enough to be like, all right, let's hear what this man's got to say. <laughs> right, right, right. Tell me, tell me something. Um, not much, man. I mean, I don't got a whole lot going on. Nothing else that hasn't been consistent. Uh, just doing the workflow, having my clients come in, make keeping them happy, uh, keeping the uh, the holiday fluff away. Uh, we got to work a little extra harder because we know we're all gonna get down come that holiday time, man. Sure, it happens every year. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys have realized it, but we actually have had one less week between Thanksgiving and Christmas this year. So if you've noticed everyone around you or yourself being a little more stressed out, that's like 1,000% the reason. Didn't realize that. Yeah, dude. Like for real. Everyone's going crazy. I mean, we're blessed. We're personal trainers. We just throw on gym clothes and go to work. But um, a lot of people have like real problems. And, um, you know, they got their quarter four deadlines and paperwork and little reviews. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just assuming what people are, you know, doing. But yeah, it's uh, either way. It's a uh, it's a pretty hectic month right now. But you know, we're still pushing on, still trying to spread the good word. Um, Marky, what's uh, what's been going on with you, man? Talk to me. Um, uh, not much. Uh, s- similar things as you is uh, showing up for my clients and being present and uh, bringing the energy that I have in myself to uh, my clients, whoever I'm training, friends, mm-hmm. family around me, and and really. Uh, trying to spread some love, trying to spread some energy and bring, uh, yeah. bring the energy up these days because uh, with the world right now in terms of what we've got on the TV and the news, uh, what we got around, if you live in the city, the energy there, totally. and again, your own personal life, like just try to bring spirits up because we're, know, it's hard out there. We're all getting stretched thin a little bit more and uh, it's just kind of our inherent traits as you know, our jobs are literally to be leaders of, you know, yeah, picking up the slack that we're kind of seeing a lot of people lacking. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Right. In doing so, even I, I mentioned earlier before this, I'm feeling a little stretched thin, but, um, you know, I always try to remind myself, like, this is a great problem to have. You know, I could actually be lacking and needing somebody else to pick me up. So it's at, le- at least it's good to be on this end. Um, cool. Um, so I just want to jump right into it, Mark. Um, let's start um, breaking down kind of who you are as my guest, um, why I uh, really wanted you to come on and uh, kind of just spread the word on a lot of stuff that you're really knowledgeable and passionate about. Um, so let's take it all the way to square one. Okay. Um, how did you get started in your own uh, health and fitness journey? What kind of started to like appeal to you at first and you know, kind of further led you on to uh, the passion that kind of drove you to uh, where you are today in your career? Great question. All the way back. All the, <laughs> All way, the back. way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Foot, All right. Footnote it for us. So footnote, I'll try to keep it uh, short. And uh, Nah, you I, don't have to keep no. it super short. You're good. But, uh, but it, it's, uh, I'll say it's, I would say it's a classic story, if you will, in terms of being a, a guy here and going through the stages of development as, you know, as a dude. Yeah. Um, so... Basically, I started dancing right out of high school. That kind of got me into movement in general. Mm-hmm. I was kind of a nerd. I played World of Warcraft and uh, Magic the Gathering, and I was oh, hell you know, yeah. in, into the computer games and into Nintendo and all these things. Uh, and then I got into dancing. I got into Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and <laughs> won a talent show. 
went to the junior college and didn't know what I wanted to do and started taking all these dance courses. Yeah. And realized, wow, I'm good at dancing. This is something that calls me. So mm-hmm. from that moment, I knew I was going to be a dancer for my entire life. I remember that thought. And that led me into just dancing, practicing dancing, you know, as a break dancer when I first started moving like that. And then I worked at a grocery store. I worked at a uh, drug store. I worked as a landscaper, as mm-hmm. a painter as a general laborer uh, for a long time and then at one point the store that I was working at was closing shop they were going out of business and I looked in the newspaper at the time before the internet was really like that big of a thing and saw a post for body zone gym front desk you know apply come in yeah and I remember thinking yo that Gym is literally a block away from where I live in the in the shopping center. So I'm, I took my skateboard and I rode down there. Damn, way back to when it was in the books. Yeah, exactly. Went down, applied, and got a job working the front desk at the gym. Yeah. And I started basically handing out towels, locks, cleaning the gym, cleaning the floors, vacuuming, cleaning the bathrooms at night, yeah. closing up shop, racking the weights, Making talking sure to people, running. signing people up for men- memberships, the mm-hmm. whole deal. So in the backbone really pretty much so I, I started doing that and then I met this fellow named Gabe and Gabe was kind of a long-haired <laughs> surfer cat driving an Audi shout out to Gabe shout out to Gabe no got last me. name first name Gabe Gabe it's <laughs> <laughs> all love so so Gabe got me into it so Gabe I look at Gabe and I'm going man this guy's cool man he's got the long hair he's driving an Audi yeah he's, he's got you know he looks the part he looks the part he, yeah he's great shape he's mountain biker surfer uh, he's got money, and at the time he's you know dating hot girls and and living this like you know this fabulous life from the outside perspective. Yeah. And I, I said to myself, yeah, I want that. I want more money, and I want What's girls, yeah. and I want that car, and I want this external. What's Gabe doing? That's working for him. Yeah, exactly. What is Gabe? Because it looks like he's got that shit figured out. I want to be that. Yeah. So I go, hey Gabe, what's up? How do you get into this fitness world? He goes, well, you take uh, this NASM uh, test. Mm-hmm. study for it for three months and go take an online 100, 100 question multiple choice um test yeah i said that's it like well how much it costs he goes 800 bucks i said oh shit you know at the time i'm charging like 35 dollars for an hour training sessions yeah. um down there i live in a small farm i live in a small farm town so then he goes yeah you know I think was it was to get a credit card or I forgot how I paid for it. Maybe I asked my uh, grandparents for some money or something, but mm-hmm. I end up purchasing the course. I study my ass off. I pass this test and I start training at the gym. So now I'm doing front desk and personal training. Mm-hmm. And then I start to find out, wow, this is cool. Because prior to that, I was actually weight training. So I went to a Gold's gym. Let's, I'll kind of reverse a little bit real quick. Yeah. I went to a Gold's gym and I was kind of scrawny when I was a kid. That's another part of the story. Like mm-hmm. most guys... You know, there's this confidence of if you're skinny, if you're overweight, you're going through high school, you're going through these body changes and confidence challenges. Weight training was a an avenue for most guys to look into to become strong and, and oh, confident, absolutely, right? especially at that high school age, people are kind of hitting that puberty phase to where exactly even those little you know even the kids and the and the teens are experiencing progress at a pretty quick pace right whether it is the gym or that's that's actual their their hormones but i you know it does play a little bit of a role but it's definitely the thing to do if you want to you know be cool compete whatever you want to call it yeah Yeah, look good so it was so prior to you know 
or in conjunction going to the Cabrillo College uh, and doing the dance stuff, I started going to Gold's Gym and started learning from these bodybuilders, like really buff dudes. And I got buff. I got yeah. jacked. You know, I'm a short guy. Hell yeah. How much did you weigh? I weigh 130 now. Yeah. Probably 128, mm-hmm. nine. I'm real light. Mm-hmm. Back then, probably 155. Oh, dang. <laughs> how, and how tall are you? Five five. Okay, six. yeah. So yeah. that's a pretty jack five five. That's a lot of you know. I could throw a couple plates up on the bar and back squat, deadlift, yeah. bench press, two plates, super the, the whole out. thing, hundred percent, hundred pound dumbbells on each hand, pressing up three sets of ten. Yeah, you know that kind of strength, hundred percent. At at around eighteen, nineteen, twenty. So you guys can't see him really quick, but I just want to point out, Mark is about you're one hundred and thirty pounds. You yeah, probably he yeah. probably still has like maybe three percent body fat, and this is honestly like I wouldn't want I wouldn't want like more than five more pounds of muscle on you like i can't imagine 20 more like yeah big boy crazy you definitely got what you were after for sure in that in that time of your life right and so the training style the modality was mostly bodybuilding training yep um so i see gabe at this point i haven't been training for a few years and i thought man this is cool i passed my test i'm helping people just do what i do in my own life Mm -hmm. and help them get better healthier move gain more muscle and uh, really fell in love with it at that time. And then I worked there at that small gym in a small farm town, training people for a number of years and and had the dream to move to San Francisco. I said, I'm going to move to the city. There's more people. There's more opportunity. There's more money. There's more room for growth. I'm going to do it. Absolutely. And uh, I remember I saved up enough money. I found a place to stay at a friend's house that he let me move into for really cheap. Gave me a little kind of platform to set myself up. Yeah. Came up here, got a job at a corporate gym named Crunch <laughs> and uh, started working my ass off. I came up here and within the first year was doing pretty well for myself, coming from a small farm town, making more money than I ever have imagined myself making yep. and getting better at um, talking to people about health and, and practicing on so many more people than I was back home. Absolutely. Um, so that was kind of the, the quick just, you know, it came from self-confidence issues being picked on yeah to wanting to not feel that way wanting to stand my ground and and also look cool and have the cool things so it was a classic i would say male oriented story so if you're out there and you're you're young young man and you're having these thoughts this is very classic of or i would even argue that those thoughts especially like it's, it's i would say most people that haven't really had this lifestyle they're probably they're still assuming that they can attain a lot of things through that Mm -hmm. like oh man like i've never worked out i've just had this you know this little white collar job but if i you know put my mind to it and just pump out the iron and and eat clean like i'll be happy or i'll Mm -hmm. get to the Mm -hmm. physical state that i want to be and um i mean I think I can speak for both of us. Like once you kind of achieve that, at least for us, you start to develop a deeper appreciation of just the quality of your well-being and like literally how it makes you feel, and you can start to prioritize that over the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. The aesthetics are obviously a nice bonus. Mm-hmm. Nobody dislikes looking good, right? But you know, yeah, that that's always the, the that tends to be the hook. You know, definitely when you're a lot younger and, and impressionable. But I have a lot of clients that kind of come to me seeking those things and then we just really break mm-hmm. down okay cool like i'm not gonna tell you you have a shitty goal but mm-hmm. you know we're gonna slowly pick apart why we're actually doing that and then get into something a bit more meaningful which in turn creates a lot more um 
intrinsic motivation, which will get them the body that they wanted with a lot, not, I wouldn't say less effort, but just with a lot more devotion and commitment mm-hmm. to right. it. Once they kind of tie into something that they didn't even know they needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I call that the anchor. Yep. Um, and, and the anchor changes, the anchor gets different weights for me. It changes, you know, it, Totally. You put something on the end of that line and let that sink down further mm-hmm. um, as you go. And I think going through 18, 19, 20, 20s, now I'm in my 30s, now I'm 36. It's just like, it's, you know, it's really cool to see. You see like, wow, I changed my, like my whole philosophy, my whole mindset. Totally. It's completely changed from wanting to look good to then, you know, during that time, I was also uh, dancing really heavily in the club scene here in the Bay Area. Oh yeah, doing uh, recreation, you're still, and you're still dancing. Still dancing. But I see not those. Like I way. see those music videos. <laughs> He's got a couple music videos coming out soon. Oh yeah. Sorry, I, I, I didn't want to spoil yeah, it for you just yet, man. but but uh, dancing in the clubs and and doing recreational drugs and staying up till six a.m. <laughs> recreational three, drugs three or four times a, a week. Let's go okay. past that shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, but doing that and and then also doing the same workouts which is, this is a you know crucial aspect for this, my story, is then blowing my shoulder out, mm-hmm. picking up 200-pound dumbbells and doing it bench press. Yeah. And doing a bench press and going, ah, I feel a tweak in my arm. And my buddy Gabe, you know, Gabe, Good old this Gabe. is the only thing that I really, you know, I don't want to say still, but at the time I was like, mother, f- you, you can what? guess. Is, uh, <laughs> he goes, oh, man, you can push it out, man. Push it the last rep. Come on, bro. You got to yeah. push it out. I push it out. I wake up the next day. I go to move my right arm, and I literally – look at my arm and I could not move it. Damn. My girlfriend's like, you're faking this. I said, I can't move my arm. Yeah. My arm was dead to the point where it was like I paralyzed my right side. Yeah. Which I, I did. I couldn't move it for six months. Oh man. Okay. And then it was a long process. It then froze up on me because I couldn't figure out how to get it out of that pain. How, yeah. How to I didn't activate know, those nerves. I didn't even know the, the, the recipe for healing sleep. Uh-huh. Water, breathing mechanics, digestion, hormonal balance, nutrition, stress, nutrition, all this. I didn't know that's that's how you heal. You know, I just thought it was like you just move it and it gets better. Yeah, you right? just it, you'll get over it. You'll get over it. Time. It froze. It locked down on me for ten years, and then I, then started to make excuses. Oh, someone say, why don't you dance anymore? Oh, my shoulder, my yeah. shoulder, my shoulder. Well, why don't you train anymore? Um, I, I think I need surgery. I need surgery. And need that's surgery. a very real, you know, reason that would probably stunt most people. And I can tell you, it would stump people. And it did stump me for 10 years. Yeah. Until I found the right coach at the right time with the right message, but with the right um, recipe. And, and when I researched his work, I go, this dude is talking on another level. Okay. I've never heard somebody talk about joint mobility and health of the body in such a holistic way that it makes sense. Yeah. It, it, it makes sense as a, as a, um, a system. So I. Who is this guy? His name is Scott Sodden. Scott Sodden? Sonnen. So- oh, Sonnen. Sonnen, correct. Cool. Mm-hmm. Scott Sonnen. And uh, I dethawed my shoulder. It took me about two years, three years to dethaw the frozen shoulder mm-hmm. and get it back into working health where I don't feel chronic pain at all. I, I don't wow. think about it. And I used to have pain to where um, if you, Dylan, if you're one of those type of guys that would come up and want to give me, you know, like a bro shake, right? And we'd yeah, go for the bro like shake. a good soul shake. But you're but you're the you're the kind of guy that wants to just show his power and you want to give me that real good slap. The aggressive, the aggressive, yeah. aggressive guy. I got if, it, I got if, something to prove, if handshake. You, if you would grab my hand and give me that shake, it would throw my shoulder into pain for two weeks. Yeah. And 
it would be like that if I if I reached up into the cupboard to grab a bowl or a, a, a cup from the cupboard mm-hmm. and my shoulder would get impinged and it would pop out of the socket and pop back in and that would hurt for two weeks. Oh man! I could churn the door handle to you my. You had you had like oh, a ninety year old arm. And this was not long ago. This was like probably five years ago. I mean, it's 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 a good chunk of change, but yeah. it's not that long ago. Not at all. Um, in terms of how bad it was. Totally. Um, so it took a few years to de-thaw that out and, and get it back to working order. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a little bit, you know, that's the story, a little bit of coming through and then. And kind of that. seeing, like, you know, you you had to kind of get knocked on your ass, so to say, to uh, have your perspective shift into just actually I just miss feeling normal. <laughs> right. And right. Uh, you start to kind of. The, the things that meant the world to you of this, those looks, you know, those just kind of fade away when you can't pick something up yeah, or yeah. you can't, you can't shake somebody's hand without tripping. Like, am I going to throw my arm out? Uh, yeah. you know, just trying to give respect. And I don't know this guy, he might be a little aggressive on his handshake. Right. So many things that you just shouldn't have to think about, but for whatever, you know, you were put in that position you're forced to kind of you know, I'm glad that you were able to adapt and kind of, you know, get over it with, uh, with your coach. That's, uh, that's huge. Um, we all, we all need help from experts, ourselves included. Mm -hmm. I mean, no matter where you are in your life, you know, especially if you're kind of at that phase of your life and anything for this matter, I'm, I'm speaking pretty open-ended, but when you can kind of catch yourself and I'm a big believer into speaking things into existence, but when you can even just catch yourself speaking into a lot of excuses, mm-hmm. you know, a lot mm-hmm. of times I will openly say what I want to do and how I'm going to do it. And even me saying my own excuses I can only say it for so long until I can't believe my own bullshit too. So you're like, man, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm fucking procrastinating because <laughs> I'm scared of doing more work or to really knowing how bad it is. So I just won't get myself out of it and I'll just uh, do something else for the rest of my life. Yeah, I can't live like that either. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, so it's just important to find that coach and I'm glad you did. Um, so that being said, uh, what would you say your like your current philosophy is on you know health and fitness for yourself and for your you know for your ideal clients, and how do you kind of go about uh, spreading that wealth, so to say? Mm. Yeah, I would say when I reflect on my journey, personal journey with mm-hmm. movement, with my health, with chronic pain, with health challenges, with emotional trauma. Uh, and realizing and going through all these stages in myself of development, going from my teens to my 20s to my 30s. Um, and along those tracks, still moving in some capacity. Yeah. Um, finding a few coaches, learning their stories, learning their methods and their recipes, realizing that where people are at when I meet somebody going through these processes myself, I can meet them where they are at. Yeah. Which is very powerful because you say, for example, I was talking to this 20 year old, um, young man for a while and and trying to help him through his challenges. And he would ask me these deep questions and I would feel myself wanting to talk about, you know, life and, and, share my wisdom (laughs) absolutely well if he's asking those questions he's probably clueless on his own journey but at the same time i can give him some 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 general things but i would what i end up finding was i was getting wrapped up in hearing myself talk 
Yeah. Right. I was getting wrapped up in hearing myself speak because I felt like it felt good for a young man to ask me the questions about life. Yeah. But absolutely. at the same time, the the guy's just got to go through it. Absolutely. He's got to go through his pain. There's a there's a there's a um, quote that I enjoy. It's called "Every pain, um, every wound is a womb." Right. <laughs> so every pain, every traumatic challenge, everything that you're gonna go through is a womb for something to grow out of that. Meaning that is a growth point. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Now. You can hear my story, you can hear somebody else's story, you can find another motivational person in your life or inspirational person yeah. that tells you their story, but that's not going to, you can't get around your set of own challenges that's kind of in line through for you, their for story, life. but you can use them as inspiration to keep moving Totally, is what I'm going at. And so it's, just, I, it's, a, it's an inspiration that it can be done and that was their way of getting it done for them. Correct. It's not saying do it just like they did. They're not on the path that you are. They don't have the genetics you have and a million other things that are unique to you. But hopefully, yeah, just like you said, you can find multiple people that have been in your shoes mm-hmm. or multiple examples of how to accomplish something and then figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. That's what right. this that's what this whole podcast is all about. And the tools for the right job. So Absolutely. For example, the twenty-year-old kid, mm-hmm. you know, his his, it's completely different from when I meet a forty-year-old uh, married man with two kids. Yeah. Okay, and, and his picture is quite different. Yeah. So, yeah. he's gone through maybe some of the stages that this twenty-year-old has got the the trials and errors and the mistakes and the successes. Now, for him, I got to meet him where he's at, and then try to just figure out his unique puzzle. His puzzle is completely different than a twenty-year-old's puzzle. Oh, uh, no question. Right. And so the tools might be different. Maybe there is a chisel that comes out, and then a hammer, or a saw, <laughs> or some sort of tool that needs to be pulled out dude, at a specific bring time. bring out the, all the fucking farm tools, dude. Right, bring them Metaphors out. Metaphors going deep. Do you need... Yeah, what, I, what hope, I hope y'all are keeping up. <laughs> what, do you, what do you need at that time? So, and I'll take it back to the, the philosophy that I have is, is beyond the tools that are being used, yeah. beyond the modalities, or the strength training program, or the class, or the diet that you're trying out, what is it in your heart that you are truly wanting and needing and mm-hmm. desire in your life? Now, this is the anchor that we were talking about earlier. Now, if I can talk to you and I can distill and get clarity on what that is for you. Now, someone, so let's use a different example. Let's use, uh, let's use a guy that comes in. He's single. He's like 25, right? Yeah. And he wants a partner. He wants a girlfriend. But he doesn't tell me that. No, but he's coming. But he's coming in because he wants to look good. Okay? Totally. And he's like, oh, I want, I want to be stronger. I want more pecs. I want to develop my back. All he's these stuff. probably convinced himself that he wants it for him. Correct. <laughs> Correct. That's where I'm going with this. Yeah, yeah. So his his conscious mind is saying, I want to feel good. I want to look good. Uh huh. But what's the roots behind that? Is it to get a partner? Yeah. Is it to attract a mate? That's the common one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if I can get that out of that person and, and this this man and say, what is it that you really want? He goes, actually, to be honest with you, I want a girlfriend. I've been I've been yeah. lonely for a long time. Or I just want some attention from the opposite sex Boom. or, you right. know. So that is an anchor and that's coming from his heart. That's more powerful than saying, I want to be, have more biceps, in yeah. my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Because everything that I direct back at him in terms of an advice or a tool to implement in his daily life to get him there I'm tying that all the way back into, hey, remember when you told me you're looking for um, a mate and you really want to find a, a partner and, and, and have that love? That's I'm pointing that arrow back to him yep. so that he remembers why he's doing it in the first place. Yeah, that's just understanding your why. That's such a powerful tool in any type of um, progression. Right. And so my philosophy and why I coach people it starts there. Yeah. And if 
I can get that from somebody, that's going to be really beneficial. If I can't, if they don't quite know yet or they're not willing to tell me, what is your nightmare? What don't mm-hmm. you want to happen? I don't want to get sick. I don't want to hurt anymore. I don't want to grow old alone, right? Yeah, What's I don't want to be lonely. Use that because that can be just as big of a motivator until you find clarity of what you really want. Oh, 100%. That's actually a uh, that's a uh, common psychological tool that using, uh, I, I learned in my sports psychology mm, classes. Cool. It's, uh, it's just on coaching uh, just anybody really. But um, what you've talked about is pretty much expressing um, the the best case scenario and the worst case scenario. So, mm, yep, and this yep. this goes out to y'all. Like, if you got if you don't know what your best case scenario is, that's completely fine. Try to find your worst case scenario. So, in Mark's instance, like he tries to paint out that nightmare of what you are afraid of doing if you did nothing else and you just lived your life. Like, what is the worst thing that can go down? Oftentimes, though, that that worst case scenario and the best case scenario, like they're almost always aligned to where everything that you do to avoid your worst case scenario will, and you just kind of have to trust this if you don't know it already, but like it will put you into your best case scenario. Like if you run away, literally run away from your nightmare and you know how to for so long, you will eventually learn, like, see where you're at, see the progress you made, and honestly really love that. Above, with any other reason, you're so far away from the, the, the worst thing in your life that, you know, that you, you know, intended for yourself, like that's the furthest thing away from you. Then you're at the disposal of what do I want to do in this position? And then that decision just, from my experience of coaching, just usually comes naturally at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a really good co- uh, coaching tool. Um, a lot of trainers don't tap into that psychological part of training, and I think it's that's hundred percent. It's, it's what's going to keep a client motivated. Yeah, I, I, the way I see it, there's like there's three parts of training, and not even I'm not even talking about like nutrition and sleep, but like there's the physical part of it, right? Like physically equipped to do the job, mm-hmm. which involves mm-hmm. mobility, stability, mm-hmm. you know, range of motion, all that type of stuff. There's subcategories. There's the mental part of it, and mental, I mean, do you know how to do it? Mm-hmm. Do you have the knowledge? Mm-hmm. And that includes the education and experience of getting there before. Mm-hmm. And then there's the psychological part mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. just trusting those things, your intentions, mm-hmm. um, why you're doing it. Are you doing it intrinsically or are you doing it extrinsically? Mm-hmm. You know, and an mm-hmm. extrinsic mm-hmm. goal would be to get mm-hmm. that six pack, mm-hmm. would be to get those muscles. Those int- extrinsic goals for whatever it is that get a, to get a fatter paycheck you know um to get a trophy to get you know even to get the girl uh, it could be extrinsic yep. those yep. goals can only get you so far they are measurable and once you achieve them um you are at risk of only settling there or even losing it because you only know how to turn it on when you haven't had it uh-huh, and so when correct. you do have it you're more prone to turning it off turning off that passion right. these intrinsic goals that we're talking about that you mm-hmm. slowly develop to find out these are goals that will you can forever get better at and you can forever get fulfillment at because mm-hmm. the harder you work towards it, you know, this, the better off you are. The, be, the, the, the further away you're running from that worst-case scenario, that nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty great that you're able to find that in your own coaching method. And I would say uh, I was th- just kind of re-thinking uh, about the philosophy and just kind of have a little bit more succinct answer to that question because yeah it it can go deep i mean this philosophy about what the movement type is or what you know this and that like kind of subgenre of philosophies if you will absolutely but the general one is uh for me there's a there's a model that i use 
It's, it's called the 64321 model. Ooh, okay. no five in there. No five in there. 64321. Okay. This is the model I run with myself and I, and I teach other people to use in their own life. And this is a model that is, can be used for any goal, whether it be a physical goal, a career goal, a family goal, a spiritual goal, yeah. whatever you want. You can use this model for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the overall philosophy um, for that works like this. So you have six foundation principles that every human has to deal with. You've got sleeping, nutrition, breathing, thinking, movement, and hydration. Okay. okay. Repeat, repeat those for me. Sleeping. Sleeping. Nutrition. Mm-hmm. Hydration, yep. breathing, thinking, and movement. Okay. Okay. Everybody, you're a human. You live in a body. Those are the things you have to worry about. Absolutely. Okay? That gets broken down into four doctors distilled into four categories. Dr. Diet, Dr. <laughs> Quiet, Dr. Happiness, and Dr. Movement. Okay. Okay. So, Dr. Diet. What foods, how much, when, what source, all these questions types of food do I need to support my dream goal objective or potentially running from my nightmare? Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Quiet, how much time alone without books, music, family, TV, podcasts alone to reflect and look at myself internally and figure out what I need to do to get to my goal dream or run from my nightmare? Yeah. How, Dr. Happiness, what makes me feel alive? Is it painting? Is it drawing? Is mm-hmm. it running? Is it... Um, or just, crocheting, yeah, you know, and and I say certain things like this in the creative aspect because when people say, "Well, I like to run," and that makes me happy. There's a there's a fine line with the with with these things because um, I just posted on my page on my Instagram here about addiction uh-huh. that even though some oh running is what makes me happy, right? But then it crosses a threshold where that th- that running starts to break down their body. You can only and run as much and as your body and allows running you. Running starts to become a neurosis. And their running starts to become a pathology where it's actually negative. Yeah. And they don't even realize they're in an addiction pattern and they're sac- they're, they can't live other parts of their life because they've got to run their eight miles a day. They're what we call, you know? they got lost in the sauce. They got lost in the sauce. <laughs> so, so with that one, you know, food, right? Happiness, Dr. Happiness, food makes me feel alive. Well, if you're eating tons of food and you're eating a lot of food, a lot of really rich food with lots of sugar and desserts. Yeah, and abundance and then, overindulgence. Then, then, you're, then you're getting into that trap. So yep. happiness is a was one that I like to, and people, I feel that when I bring up that concept of happiness, they go, well, I do it. And then I kind of just watch and I go, oh, it, maybe, maybe it's ba- unbalanced. I would say um, if most people probably think that they're doing it. Uh, you know what I mean? Correct. Or they they think they're doing it the right way. Like they, you know, they, they they think they're doing it by running their heart's fill and then they're getting a, you know, a sprained Achilles or some or weak knees, tight hip flexors. Right. 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 Uh huh. So it's very, that's a, that's an interesting one to talk about. And you yeah. can talk about that one. So Dr. Happiness and Dr. Movement, how much, what type, when, where, what kind of movement do I need to support my dream? Dreams, goals, yeah. or, or run from my nightmare. So you've got your four doctors, mm-hmm. okay? And then you go down to your three choices. So then you have suboptimal, which is taking you closer to that dream goal or objective or further away from your nightmare. Yeah. You have indifferent, which means it keeps you in the same loop. It doesn't really change anything. You're just kind of repeating the same habits. Passive, autopilot. Autopilot, kind of flatline. Yep. And then you have um, suboptimal, which actually takes you further away. Okay. Classic. Hey, I'm trying to lose 50 pounds. I'm 50 pounds overweight. 
And then the, the choice that you keep doing is going to the bar on Friday and Saturday and drinking eight beers. Yeah. That's taking you further away from 50 pounds. And that was suboptimal? Like suboptimal. Sub, okay. Yeah. So, so it's just suboptimal. Indifferent. Indifferent. And, and optimal. Okay. Okay. You right? said, I think you said suboptimal twice. Oh, twice. Yeah. Okay. One more so time. Clarify. Optimal. Yeah. Indifferent. Yeah. Okay. And suboptimal. Got you. Yeah. Got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then you run it through. Then you run down to the two forces. You have two forces in this world. If you want to look at Eastern philosophy, you've got yin and yang. Mm-hmm. You've got hot and cold. You've got seed, sprout. Good and evil, light good and evil, dark. female, male. Heads, okay, tails. Heads, tails. There's two forces acting on the human body. There's two forces acting on everything in this world. Yep. Now. It's just like being polar. So now there's, let's give you the extremes on one, on, on one end of, that's movement, because this is a movement and we're talking about movement and health. Yeah. Exercise, high intensity, CrossFit workout. Mm-hmm. Laying on your bed in a flat position, doing some breath work. Oh, I love watching, both. watching a nice, <laughs> listening, listening to some nice music. Yep. Hanging out with your partner. Those are two extreme opposites. That's mm-hmm. going to be your hot, and one's going to be your cold. Very feminine, very rebuilding, and one is very masculine and very hot. Mm-hmm. Okay, making you sweaty. Yep. So, where in the spectrum in your life, in your day, in your week, in in your year, are you in that spectrum? Most people are burning out. They're on the hot end. They're working yeah. out a ton. They're working working a ton. They're partying a ton. They're traveling a ton. And they're going out to happy hours and, and doing all these things and being social. They're running themselves ragged. Yeah, they're burning so the candle at both burning, ends. Well, they're just burning the candle on one end, honestly. Okay. Right? Because they're not even they're not even touching the other end, which would be their rest and repair cycle. Yeah. So they're literally just using one end of the spectrum. So their pendulum their, their seesaw is just grounded on that one side and it's pegged there. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a very important concept to, to understand. And I've been messing with this for about four years in my own life and watching this teeter-totter going back and forth. Oh, absolutely. Anything can set that teeter-totter off. So I don't want to go too deep in that. That's a whole, we can talk a 30 minutes, an hour about that specific I mean, it just concept, goes to show you right? that you can work too hard and oh, you can't do too much. Do. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say it's like a, it's, it's a balance. I would say a lot of people or I would maybe, you know, I don't know my audience yet in this podcast. Uh-huh, this is only uh-huh. the second episode, but, uh, you know, hopefully I'm trying to reach people that, you know, maybe aren't doing enough that could just be adding a little bit extra into the unknown. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, the people that are doing too much, you guys are welcome to join too. <laughs> and this is specifically for you. Sure. Um, but yeah, man, they're both, they're both crucial. I learned, I learned at a young age that working too hard can bite me in the ass too in my wrestling career i was cutting too much weight trying to be a national champion and i i fell off i i wrestled really hot in november but we had nationals in march <laughs> and ever since november i just got kind of shittier and shittier um literally not being able to allow to rest or to actually get some proper nutrition that's a whole nother story uh, one more thing though, we gotta tie this up with six four three two one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, keep no, going. No, good. So, so we get back to the one, and then uh, I have another little philosophy thing, and then it's uh, that's how I run it. So, one dream, mm-hmm. one goal, mm-hmm. one objective, or one nightmare, and then we tie it all the way back. So, uh, example of the guy looking for attention from the opposite sex and wanting a partner because he really wants a girlfriend. Yeah. Okay. Hey. We're going to tie every decision that you make back to that model. Mm -hmm. So when we come back to your dream of finding a mate, then we run it through the two forces. Are you burning out too much and are you too too cold, too introverted, too hibernating mode in your own house recluse? Yeah. Where's the balance and what kind of activities and 
plans and things can we implement in your life to get you out maybe in front of people, in front of a, uh-huh. a girl that potentially could be your partner. Totally. Okay. Where are you at on your choices? Are you making the choice to direct you back to that goal in yeah. terms of that one, two, or three? Suboptimal, indifferent, or suboptimal. Uh huh. Where is your four doctor alignment? Yep. And then where are your six principles? So when you decide to eat something late at night or you decide to stay out late at night, is that keeping you clear-headed and open for opportunity to meet that person or are you running around tired and fatigued and not really that present with people? Mm. And then when you meet a girl and she could be the one, but then you, and you meet her and you're tired and you're hungover. Yeah. And then you, you're not your best self. You're kind of sloppy. Maybe you're nervous and you can't control your nerves. And that all stemmed from you making the wrong choice to go out, to stay out late, to drink more, to run the same habits. Yep. And then now you don't have that opportunity. So if we can look at that person's goals and that heart goal, point it back as that North Star and say, is it in alignment with that purpose that you have? 100%. And then you're gonna, your success rate and whatever that is, is going to be much more uh, attainable. You're going to have a better chance at getting there. And... Uh, it brings everything you're doing in your life into a succinct flow where everything is in harmony and moving with harmony to this to the, to what you're going where you're going. Oh, 100%. And so what I, I mean you're people... you're painting a very clear picture even to me. This is the first time I've heard this. Even oh, really? like yeah. Yes, yeah. And I mean, we work together every day, y'all. I've never heard this uh this side of you, Marky. <laughs> I'm actually really impressed. This is Paul Check. So oh, okay. this is Paul Check's work. This oh, is what Paul he Check's ta- a G. This is what he taught me and he said Paul Check told me he didn't tell me specifically. He told me through a YouTube video, but neither uh, here nor there. He goes, he goes, live the four doctor principle, live the six, four, three, two, one, and yeah. live the four doctor principle for at least two years in your own life. Uh-huh. So you can understand the power of it. And I said, okay, cool. All right. And I've been doing it and I go, wow. So when I'm coaching people, this is all I'm doing. I'm just reflecting back as a mirror and going, asking questions. Where are you having troubles? Is it with your food? Is it with your sleep? Is it with your doctor diet, quiet happiness or movement? Are you making the optimal choice for that for that dream goal or objective? Do you know where you're out of balance? And do you mm-hmm. have a dream that you know that you're working towards? If you don't, can I help you figure it out? And that's my goal. And then the movement is just uh, icing on that cake. So when they do do the movement and they're in full alignment with the lifestyle, they have to work a fraction of what they think they need to do and they get the results faster with more ease, less risk of injury, and everybody's feeling great. Well, it's, you just, it's such yeah. a cool you pretty much with everything that you just mapped out and explained, you just, you create so many details about their goals and why they want to do it and the priorities about it that they can do everything or even less things with more conviction and certainty. Again, dude, knowledge is power and really dissecting those small things that you want to do. Like Mm -hmm. don't avoid them, but Mm -hmm. listen to it and Mm -hmm. then, you know, dive into it, think Mm -hmm. critically, run it through this gauntlet that Mark set up for you. And, uh, I mean, to be, and it's funny cause I just came out of a business workshop too. And uh, just from a business end, uh, of this like workshop that I paid for what you're talking about, sounds much more detailed than the, than the workshop oh, really? that I, yeah, yeah, that I benefited from uh-huh, of just uh-huh. planning out like my year span of like what I want to do with my business. Sure. Um, that's awesome, dude. And, and, and on, on the business side of it, if you're mentioning business as a coach, if you're a coach out there and you're, you're trying to grow your business and trying to help people, yeah. what it's, what came to me a few days ago was like, Oh I'm, I'm, I'm tapping into heart-centered coaching, mm-hmm. right? So when I explain this process, also as a coach, if you're out there, go through the process and do the work yourself because as I'm going through these four doctors and living out these six principles and doing it in my own life, 
when someone comes in front of me and I meet them heart to heart and I ask them these questions, there's no doubt in my mind, there's no doubt at all that I've lived it and I'm going through it. And Absolutely. I can coach you where they're at because I've gone through the stage for five years. Mm-hmm. I know when you hit the roadblock of, damn it, I, I slipped. I know that emotion that's coming with that guilt and shame of choosing the wrong food and feeling bloated and having some issues with your digestion. Yeah. I, I've been there. So I can help him really just ease ease the the stress and, and the and this right. So as a coach, when you've gone through this process, when you meet somebody, they feel your authenticity, they feel your progress and your own growth for real, and they're much more likely to trust you and follow you Absolutely. through the mud because they know that you've gone through the test you've gone you walked the fire 100 percent. and and that's crucial because i think a lot of people talk they have a lot of talk they have a lot of game they can speak out a lot of fancy words and tell you about proprioception and and the myofascial sheaths and all these things and and kind of take your money and um really just you spin your wheels and not to say that you people are not benefiting from having somebody and having somebody that supports them but you know when you see sometimes as a coach, you see people spinning their wheels for years, hundred percent, for five years. I've seen people spin their wheels for eight years. Uh, again, because I've been there. Absolutely, <laughs> I've gone through totally. ten years of spinning my wheels and being like, "Enough is enough," and um, being that. So, real quick, because I, I really want to tie the the full philosophy up in terms of my coaching. No, you're I, doing great. Honestly, okay, this okay. is all really good content. Okay. I love it. Cool, cool. You're chilling. Is uh. So I have that model of the Paul Check method, and then there's a, a coach out there and a mover called um, his name is Ido Portal. He's from Israel. Ido. Ido Portal. How do you spell that first name? I D O. I D O. And then Portal. P O R T A L. So he termed this this term this name called movement culture. Mm-hmm. And I got into his work because he's doing handstands and doing a lot of these ring work you know, very high level gymnastics skills that take years to develop. Like you're not getting this shit overnight. And the amount of work you have to put in to get some of these things is just mind blowing. So I go, wow, this guy is so cool. So I go to his course in Dallas. I take a, I go on a training tour and I take his class. I I start reading his stuff online. And I think what lacks in, in perspective and philosophy that we have in our current fitness culture in America, at least is that it's so limited and, and our lens is so narrow. Mm-hmm. We're stuck in this go hard, go home mentality. If it doesn't hurt, you're doing it wrong. If you're not sore, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, if you, you gotta can't sweat. walk the next day, you're you got to sweat X amount of pounds in a yoga class. If you're not burning as many calories, you're not doing a great job. <laughs> yep. And these are all misleading like uh, points of like um, compasses, like internal... Yeah. Like compasses, these are all it ha- those. Us. All of those approaches have no balance in mind. It's just more is more. More is more, but we don't realize more is not necessarily better. Only better is better. Hundred percent. Right. So when we when I look at the current, you have more problems. That's where. Yeah. yeah. You, 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 <laughs> We're not. You drive yeah. Hundred percent. Deeper into your nervous system. Because you work again through me too. Just because you work harder ain't necessarily meaning you're getting closer to your goals. Especially if you don't really know what your goal is, like you mentioned before. Like you might think you know what your goal is, but you know, if you haven't really tapped in and ran yourself through these thought processes and hit those, you know, those six principles, the four doctors and 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 it's still like true, you're not really doing what you think you're doing with as much conviction as you could. And and as much open mindedness as you as you could. Yeah. Because more receptive when I look at the philosophy with these lenses that we have and then you have the belief systems and the dog dogmas, basically, mm-hmm. of um, this is the way to get 
you know, burn cal- to, to lose fat, you got to do more cardio. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> if we look at that, that general statement, that's not necessarily true. I can I can have you burn fat by just doing breath work and jumping in the, yeah. in the cold river with me. That's a blanket. Five days that's a, a week. blanket statement with zero context of people, quantities, and qualities. So then we get into these things. Now, when I start talking about this to to an average person that comes in for oh, I want to lose more weight, and I start talking about different things, how open they are and how open minded they are will allow me to get different information in. Now, if they if they just think this is the way to do it, I gotta you know. So many people told me the cardio is the way to go to burn fat, yeah. and that's what they believe, and that's what they're holding on to. When I bring up mobility training and shaking and slapping your body to relieve tension in the body uh-huh. or breath work and breath mechanics and core function and all these other things and gait and basic movement patterns, they don't hear anything that I'm saying. They're just hearing this guy it, is kind of weird. He doesn't do any cardio. He doesn't do any cardio. He's full of shit. He's full of shit. He you know, ten trainers told me that this is the way to do it. Yeah, that's gonna. Clog I have, them I have, down. I have one research article that suggests that this is the sure, best way. This is the best way. Now I'll go back to that term, movement practice, movement culture. Uh-huh. So if I can tell you, Dylan, hey Dylan, your goal is to look good. You don't have any issues really with your body. You're generally healthy, like right. You don't have any injuries that are blown out shoulders. Me back. Things like that. Yeah, right. no physical um, limitations. You've got time to move your body. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. If that is the case, could I pr- propose this program for you? It looks like this. One day a week, you're going to do gentle mobility for an hour. You're going to put on music. We're going to work out together. We're going to move and just move the joints in a soft, really chill manner. The next time I see you, we're going to do a moderate intensity workout with some basic kettlebell squats, with some planks and some pull-ups and some high tension work. Mm-hmm. The next time I see you, we're going to do recovery. So we're going to do some basic yoga poses. We're going to do some shaking and kind of wiggling the body. And we're going to look at your breathing patterns <laughs> and do deep breath work. On yeah. your off days, this is what you're going to do. You're going to grab three balls and you're going to teach yourself how to juggle. <laughs> and then on the other day, on the other recovery day, you're going to take a soccer ball and you're going to try to dribble that soccer ball for a hundred times without letting it fall off the ground. Damn. Then on the other day, you're going to take a walk barefoot in the woods. Okay. <laughs> and then if you want to really throw a bonus in there, you're going to, uh, you're going to go take a dance class. You're going to go take a, a, a partner dance class. You're going to go learn some salsa and, and go with your wife and go take a salsa class. Yeah. And that is a workout program that's going to get you six pack abs. Would you believe me? I mean, just based off of everything else that you told me, now I believe you. That's that's exactly like what literally I'm before you came in, I'd be like, I, well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, honestly, even for me as like my own personal trainer, that's such a foreign uh, approach to go about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I I definitely believe it. And for those of you who are listening. I, I'm testifying for Mark. Um, I've never really seen you like vigorously work out a day in my life, or <laughs> no, at least, actually, or at least what I, that. what you know, what my interpretation oh, of, right, of right. a really tough workout. You know, I'm a college, a former college athlete. Um, I, I, I love that high intensity for my own reasons. But um, and you know, you did too once upon a time. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I see you, you know, doing, doing some, doing some, uh, some light external loading, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you might pick up a, a bar or some dumbbells or some maces mm-hmm, from time to time, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's mostly just working on his own breath work, uh, doing a lot of mobility, a lot of stretches, a lot of, a lot of breathing. Um, and yeah, he spends a lot of time outside. Like he is, he's that guy when he has a rest, he goes outside, posts up on a little hill 
just take my shoes off. Yeah, you might take your shirt off. You're not above oh, it. I walk in the rain. I've been walking in the rain these yeah. days, and 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 using the energy not of the to, earth to charge not to up. flex on us all, but to literally because it feels good. It's totally, hundred percent. Totally. Um, um, so yeah, dude, he uh, Mark is definitely uh, definitely practicing what he's preaching right now. I can testify for sure. And so yeah, just tie that up. How you write like that picture that I painted? You're getting me kind of curious. I'm like, shit, I might have to hire you for the new year. Goddamn, dude, let me know. So that picture, right? Yeah. Movement culture. So the philosophy, movement culture, variety of movement, variety. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a, there's another term that Ido uses, and it's called movement nutrition. When you look at your nutrition in the kitchen, what do you do? Oh, I need fat. Okay, then you go get stuff with fat. Well, I need some dark leafy greens for some vitamin C. Yeah. Well, then you go get your kale, your collard greens. Or, you know what, I feel like I need some more carbohydrates. You can get some potatoes or whatever, right? So just in terms of that kind of analogy, the same thing happens with your movement. What's your movement nutrition? If you're literally doing bench press, squats, and curls, your vari- your body is made to move in a wide array of movements. All of those are movements swing, right in front of you. It needs to, you need to crawl. You need to roll around the floor. Oh, yeah. You, ha- you have muscles on the sides of you that wrap around oh, you. You need to be twisting and churning and shaking and undulating. Like your your spine is made to move in, in snake-like fashions. That's oh, yeah. how we develop. We're very articulate. We um, got ball and socket joints. So, so when you look at the movement nutrition, are you getting a variety of movement? Are you recovering well? Are you using things that you wouldn't think about as tools to actually get you to the six-pack abs, mm-hmm. right? Or the cut body or the muscle gain? Because here I'm going to tie really quickly over to parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system. So if yeah. you guys aren't familiar with the parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system, it's that's another, your autonomic nervous system. And it's another balance, just like good and evil, that's hot the male and cold, female. Exactly, there you male, go. Male, female. Hot, cold, right. Yep, Keep, continue on. I just so, wanted to add that. Now, when you are too hot, you let's paint the picture real quick. You're 60 hours in at work. You have a kid. Uh, you, you know, you've got a busy life. You're more catabolic, sympathetic toned. Yep. You are burning up nutrients in your body. Your body is leaching vitamins and minerals from your bones to pay for your daily life. Yeah, and just in a nutshell, just from my uh, knowledge too, sympathetic is literally the state of breaking down things for destroying energy. Destroying the bottle. Yeah, or, yet, dis- right. or de- destroying energy supplies. And when you're out of energy supplies, then you tap into your muscles and your, bones, your healthy your organs and all that good it stuff. You. Yeah, food for thought. Continue so, on. So now you have your opposite side, which is anabolic, which is your testosterone. Yep. The parasympathetic your is parasympathetic. The anabolic. Your rebound, your repair, rebuild, recover, rebuild, recover, regenerate, muscle building, uh, body fat burning, relax, relaxing. Now you need to get over to that other side. How do you do it? Well, say you put in a hard workout. You, you, the body can only handle a high intensity workout for about two days. Yeah, two, three days max in a row before that system starts to go downhill and you get negative results from your, your without, curve. Without tapping back into the parasympathetic. Without, right. Yeah, there's a balance where you can you can have your cake and eat it too on those ends, but it requires precision balance. Precision balance. That's so how here's where Olympic, juggling would yeah. come in. Oh, uh-huh. I'm burnt out. I hit two high-intensity workouts, max high-strength, high-tension pull-ups, push-ups, deadlifts, yeah. whatever. Then the next two days... I'm juggling and I'm doing some bodily shaking where basically I'm just standing up and bouncing up and down. Yeah. Pumping the system because we're a series of pumps. So mm-hmm. that is active recovery. Active recovery is not going and working out again or taking a soul cycle class that's going to push you into further yeah. cortisol release. Just grinding your de- no, gears in a is different not way. Active recovery. 
So here's we uh, this is getting into the, the weeds here. So this is when we go back to the belief system. If your perspective and your your dogmas aren't open and and aware enough of how it all works, then you're repeating the same pattern and you think you're getting better by doing active recovery in a soul cycle class. It's just making you work harder. Hundred percent. You're not actually resting. Stressing out your muscles and your brain and your joints and everything. And AKA, you are further going into sympathetic nervous system. Exactly. More and cortisol. If release. you're tired and you're still in your th- sympathetic system, chances are you're tapping into some vital energy that your organs might need or your muscles might need, not just for work output, but for survival. And then here comes, you know, this is the worst case scenario. Here comes that ACL tear. Here yeah. comes that ligament tear. Here comes that blown out knee or, or the yeah. torn rotator cuff. Yeah. Because the nervous system needs to be relaxed. So say you're doing this picture and you're like, yeah, I'm fucking killing it. I'm feeling good. I'm a little tired, but you don't quite know how far you've gone into the hole. You go into the gym and you're like, I'm going to do some bench press. Right? Yeah. And you put your max, you're going to, I'm going to do some good strength tension work, five by five. You put the weights on and you get that bar. And all of a sudden you're like, you feel good internally, mentally, you might feel good. And you get that bar and all of a sudden the bar is shaking on you. And you're like, yo, why is my arm shaking out of nowhere? That's because the nervous system hasn't recovered yet. You go to do a few reps and you go, ah, tweak, boom, torn rotator cuff. You got to go get surgery on it. Yeah, yeah. That was because you didn't realize how far you were into sympathetic catabolic state. And you could have easily just rested for two more days, three more days, did, like I said, some shaking, take a nice hot bath with some salt, shake your body, go outside, walk with some bare feet off in the rain, yeah. and come back stronger. Even if you waited four days, guess what? You're still going to be more cut, bigger, more muscle gain. If you waited four to five days because you really did a nice, sweet, hard workout, then if you were to just – because you're battling the mind, you're battling that psychic neurosis of you like, oh, our culture saying if you didn't work out – Every single day, you're fucking blowing it, dude. You know what? You got you to gotta work out every day. You got to grind for this, bro. You got to grind. Totally, totally. And then you're letting somebody else dictate exactly. You're not paying attention. You're just actually repeating what the culture is telling you is how you do it. You're actually listening to your body and listening to. 100%. But, but that comes to education. That comes to where I yeah, think you and I are, of, are on this track of and a, and a lot of I think I can speak for a lot of people that are listening to is like they don't they they don't know how to listen to their body and I'm not, I'm not gonna lie a lot of my clients like they don't really know how to listen to their body so it's up to me to ask them you know I ask I do ask them deep questions like how are you feeling like what's going on like where is like where is your head at you know. Uh, can give me as much information as you feel comfortable but really kind of approaching like where they are in their headspace of like is it one of those days where you are feeling sorry for yourself or you are genuine genuinely like as you've mentioned you're in your sympathetic system too much like you're you're a mix of being sore from yesterday's workout mm-hmm. and then you didn't mm-hmm. get any sleep raising the kids mm-hmm. and then your your job is throwing some bullshit at you that you just aren't really feeling and then you mm-hmm. come see me with three hours of sleep right and you, yeah, you know that's, that's those are the things where i'm like all right got you in that aspect yeah it's not the right call to just keep all right we're gonna pr today we're gonna load you up because that was yeah on the this is the plan we gotta stick true to the plan right. that's not and that's not the that's not me as a trainer thinking critically and uh, that's that's what the client is paying for. Sure. Is and how many paying times, for that big brain? How many, how many times? I mean, I think you have a good uh, uh, approach to this, and I, I feel watching you, people listen to you when you would maybe tell them, no, that's not today's plan now. Yeah. But I would. I have had guys, especially men, they're they're in this kind of fashion of like, uh-huh. come on, bro, I'm paying you, you do what I want. 
is coming in telling me that picture that you just painted out, but still being like, nah, let's go heavy. I got, I just got to sweat the fuck. I just got to sweat. Oh, hundred percent. And then wanting to do the same thing that might put them at risk. But I, lately, I, as I at grow, that point, I they say, don't even know what they're paying for. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like right, they think right, they right, want right. a trainer, but they just want somebody to validate what they're doing. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. So it, you fast forward to growing as a coach and saying, not on my watch. If you want to do that, I'm scratching this workout. If yeah. you want to go off and do that on your own, please, you can do that. But just know that I warned you, this is the factors. And, and, and being more, because I feel with this, this is bigger, another topic for maybe another podcast is um, coaching in, in, in these ways of really educating people, teaching them, but also not just sucking the money and doing what your client wants just to get their money totally just to keep the business yeah like, our job is to ed- our job is to educate so i've done this in the past i said oh, okay well i just feed it to them and i don't feel good about it because i know i'm putting up that risk of injury yeah um and at the same time i i falter on my integrity as a coach because i want to hold the highest safety my safety first that's number one for me oh absolutely. is the client safe and then they walk out of here safe that's why every trainer is okay first just like a doctor should that be, should be 100%. first do no harm but if I sacrifice safety first, then teamwork. If I sacrifice that and I do what you want, it the way it works out to you is you're being a prostitute. You you're literally doing a prostitute type transaction where you're like, okay, and you you know you're doing this kind of a weird dynamic where they actually don't start to trust you then. Yeah, and it becomes this weird dynamic where they're almost dictating everything about the session, and you're not the professional anymore. Hundred percent. And then you have. You feel like crap well, because they're, you just, that. they're so paying you to another, validate whatever they're doing. Exactly, that's another. That's a deep hole. Yeah, so not, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's wrap up this uh, whole thing because I this sure, is sure. gonna tie into um, our next topic uh, very well. I'm glad you uh, you brought up a lot of good points of understanding your deeper goals, um, why you want to do them, like what your priorities are to get there, and then f- ultimately finding the balance that works for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, any last little like bullet points you want to drop in on that? Um, variety of movement. Keep your mind open in terms of your movement and that philosophy. Yeah. Philosophy, the philosophy of the six four three two one Paul Check principle and, mm-hmm. and model that I used. And look at yourself and you know in our culture where everything's external. Sitting down, looking at yourself, asking yourself what you really want, realizing that. Um, there are a lot of things acting on those choices and those dreams potentially. Absolutely. Meaning your social conditioning, where you grew up, your parental conditioning, your religious conditioning, your trauma, your past hurts, your past pains. Those are all creeping in on your psyche, in your subconscious. And why we might be using fitness to run from those. Escape it. Escape it. Thinking it'll and secure so, all. And so looking at your life. Or and nutrition, and because our next topic nutrition. is going to be about sure. something nutritional, y'all. And and, and looking at those I things. eat a certain way, that, so. it'll it'll take it care of this X, Y, or Z. Um, yeah. So that being said, I want to talk about, and I'm sure this is, you know, not the newest of news, but there is this documentary out on Netflix called Game Changer. Mark, have you heard about it? I have. You, uh, I think you told me about it. And then I, I told you to watch that yeah, shit before you came on. Because yeah. I knew, I mean, and I'm sure you can hear the passion that he has for just living your your optimal healthy life and um, understanding all of the aspects about you that dictate what that healthy life is. You know, Mark's healthy life is not going to be my healthy life. It's not going to be yours. It's not Paul Check's. 
Um, but he can he can ask these questions to himself and you know to his clients because he is a professional trainer and he can educate people or he can help ed- people educate themselves essentially sure. as you're this the guide and the coach mm-hmm. uh, that has mm-hmm. like the blueprint and the experience but getting them to just think critically on what they need and why they need it you can plug that into fitness you can plug it into nutrition um partners relations career i'm i i think i've proven that now this documentary game changers um it's it's the vegan documentary um uh, one of the the biggest selling points is that it'll help with athletic performance but ultimately they have bigger ties into saying that uh eating meat is uh potentially harmful for you it can cause some cancerous um symptoms and um, you can pretty much just fix most of your health and fitness problems by just going vegan. Mm-hmm. Now, and they, I, I have a couple of notes. I can't read them all in about five minutes. And I'm not even going to bring up the, um, honestly, the false claims that they have yet. But they pretty much in that 90-minute document uh, documentary have that blanket statement of being vegan is superior. Mm-hmm. Um, Without really saying it right they didn't say like hey this is the way to go but they they're persuading you to believe oh, a certain thing studies show it could cause you cancer right, and they, um some some generation prior to us were vegan as well and right, right, right. um and then they pick a handful and by a handful i mean i want to say maybe five athletes five athletes out of the entire world that are vegan and tell their sweet success stories and mind you we're not discrediting their success stories and we're not discrediting their diets that were curated by professional chefs, nutritionists, and probably psychologists. <laughs> um, they have their own game on lock. They have found their, uh, their balance and their whys and all that stuff. And that's what worked for them, mm-hmm. an Olympic athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to, to plug all of that in, and then the, the professional NFL football players who were eating, they did a study with football players eating burritos. Bean burritos. Yeah. A bean burrito, a steak burrito, a chicken burrito, and then they like they. And I'm not, I'm not making this up. If you haven't seen it, they literally recorded their boners at night, and they're like, "Oh yeah, right. I got That's more right. boners That's eating right. a veggie burrito." That's right, that was silly. Yeah, and then there was a, then then there's a, the the big quote unquote doctor. He's like, "Yeah, I'm a libido doctor, That's, and I can confirm oh, that wow. if you." <laughs> And like that's the only like yeah, just dropping meat. You're gonna you're gonna keep it up. So if you're suffering from ED, you know, kind of kind of poking poking a lot of things that can trigger people to literally scare them into dropping meat. Right. And it's uh honestly like from like a directive and a producer standpoint, like it's pretty pretty fucked up to to just push those blanket statements. And um, sorry, I feel like I'm rambling. No, Mark, what do what are your what are your thoughts on this? I know you had a gang of notes that aren't here with us but you wrote them down so they got to be somewhat fresh sure yeah and i can i can give you the the summary what i felt about it what i thought about it and and yeah i thought it was you know before i get into like the details of why i thought it was a good movie to bring up the idea of eating less meat totally we're a a meat heavy culture we're meat heavy world we're we're doing a lot of meat eating yeah we're eating a lot of shitty meat. The, the the fact that a lot of america's meat is made through gross manufacturing through horrible, horrible diets of the the eventual meat products as well as the way things. of life um and then putting the potential risk of the environmental impact like 
that though that's huge for me right that's where i am in agreement with the this totally like, there okay. are some things that this does well and it sheds light on the negative impacts just as a whole right not even about health right as amongst a whole. The, yeah and i used to be one of those guys that used to be hard up on me so you know uh, with my partner, one of the biggest fights we had early on in our relationship was about me. Like, about, yeah. as I was healing the shoulder that I was telling about earlier, mm-hmm. I was eating a good amount of meat. I was eating a, a shit ton of food. I was eating about three pounds of food per meal. Okay, yep. it was a lot of food. I was burning through it, getting stronger. My Oof. shoulder was healing, but I needed these energy and and building blocks to rebuild this tissue and rebuild my shoulder. Yeah, I come home and she's like, you know what? I think we're eating too much meat, babe. And I said, I got triggered. I said, can we rephrase that? And she didn't get she didn't quite get the point, but I was basically relaying back to her, you're you might be feeling like you're eating too much meat, and that might be true for you. But mm-hmm. in my personal body, in my experience right now, I feel great. I feel totally. alive, passionate, vital, all these things. And so, um, I was hard up on meat. I needed meat every meal. Every meal had to have meat. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what I soon found later after all this stuff that slapped me back in the face was I was eating meat at wherever I went small taquerias taco trucks at three in the morning meat on every the road, every everywhere. meal had a meat uh, and, it, and it was component. low quality you know and it, it it's I don't mean to you know judge small you know restaurants and places that are oh no trust me big large restaurants do this shit too of course course, they're not exempt i'm just saying in general i'm not throwing judgment and casting that judgment but i'm just as a fact as a reality that that's most of this conventional meat is being sold to chains and you know obviously your big corporations and your fast food joints and all these things and restaurants but also to the mom and pops that are just trying to survive so mm-hmm. you've got a lot of people buying and supporting conventional meat just to survive in this world because we eat because we want the meat so yeah in that in that in that same thought i do think that's a really important topic that that movie brings to the table it, that's it, number it one it starts getting people to so think critically about the meat consumption oh, now, yeah when it starts to get into like oh it does this and it does that and it you know first of all they didn't make any mention about where the meat came from where was the animal raised? What type of soil was that? Uh, what type of feed were they feeding the animals? The source, like you mentioned. The source. Oh, wait, no, AKA no the quality. Mention. No mention. Nope. So. Why would they? That would be disadvantageous so, so now, to them. So now you throw this big old, big term, you know, big concept out, and you don't even talk about foundation principles of food, where it comes from, in, in terms of these things. So then, you, yeah. so then I'm like, come on, guys. This is not. I, I again, I'm in agreement with this. In the in the whole movie, there was uh-huh. four four things that I was like, I agree, and I agree. The documentary would have been so well put together if they just exploited benefits of you know potential uh, like eating less meat or even like eating the actual meat. the actual benefits of like eating a complete vegan diet and what that l- might look like to the general pop. Um, but you know, instead they chose to do that and then throw literally like false arguments towards like the meat eater side like there's one argument that they said um oh yeah everyone eats meat because it uh because they think that meat creates energy i'm gonna pause because i don't know who the fuck think that you create energy with meat i'm you know just understanding the macros uh the, the macronutrient part of it we all know that meat has protein and i think for the most part it's pretty commonly agreed that carbohydrates produce the energy carbohydrates or energy at least in the macronutrient source mm-hmm. and they're uh you know that part really is like okay you're literally like 
you're, you're, you're creating an imaginary argument that you probably found on like Reddit or some, you know, egg profile Twitter <laughs> that said, oh, I, 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 can't, I can't have the energy if I don't have my meat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, well, okay, so I'm going to take you to this, this uh, next thing is if you look up Weston A. Price and look up his work, Weston A. Price was a dentist in, I believe, the 20s, maybe the yeah. 1910s. And he went around the world and he wanted to study the tooth decay of, of people in um, untouched tribes around the world. Yeah. So you're talking Switzerland, Greece, Africa, and studied untouched tribes living off the land and living off of wild food, whether it be wild game, meats, um, nuts, berries, um, Yep. Insects, critters, okay? Yeah. So this is back before, you know, processed food had reached those lands, okay? Mm-hmm. So he goes around, it's called, the book is called Nutritional and Physical Degeneration. Highly recommend that book. You're gonna, What's his first name? Weston? Weston A. Price. Okay. Okay? So when you look at his work, what he found was when he f- would go to these untouched tribes, the tooth decay was very minimal. Yeah. Okay. Very low. And they didn't brush their teeth. And they didn't brush their teeth. No. Beautiful teeth. What he measured was the dental arch formation, the tooth decay, and the nasal passage development right where your nose would go. So the way we have skinnier noses, if you look at a lot of native peoples across the world, they got really broad noses because yeah. it was taking in max oxygen. Mm-hmm. Okay. When, as soon as he started um, finding that these people left their tribal areas in the part of the world and lived where they had processed sugar flowers jellies and these kind of sugars the next offspring would show deformations in the child okay so arms like paralyzation of the arms cleft lips uh, noses that weren't fully developed dental arches with crooked teeth cavity tooth decay then when those people and those families would go back to their traditional diets in their land and eat back on the the next kid offspring perfectly healthy all formations great mm-hmm. and what it showed me was that one processed sugar and these things really do a damage on a epigenetic time frame meaning very fast absolutely generation from kid to kid within a few years i would say it's you know it's, it's almost on the same playing field as like alcohol it's insane yeah okay and what he also found was that out of all the tribes that he found in all the peoples some were vegan or some were vegetarian because they didn't have access to certain animals. They didn't mm-hmm. have access to meats. Generally, everybody was healthy. For example, one tribe, I believe in Greece, they subsisted off of oats and fish. Yeah. Like literally oats and fish was their main staples. And during the s- certain parts of the year, they would find some berries and they would find some of these. Some seasonal some things. Some seasonal but things. The base. Could, but the base was oats and, and fish. And yeah. they showed signs of healthy development. Yep. Over in Africa, they drain the blood from their cows to keep the cows alive and then get more blood. So it was a never-ending source of nutrient-dense stuff. They Wait, just, when you say drain the blood, yes. do you mean like they were like consuming the blood? Yeah, or? they drain the blood from the animal and, and, and drink the blood. Okay, no, got yeah, it. Yeah, totally. I just wanted to be clear. Yeah. Like that's, some, that's pretty gnarly. So they, I believe they still do that now. It's the, uh, uh, I forget what tribe, it's a very famous tribe. So they would drink the blood. For sure. They would eat insects and grubs, mm-hmm. and they would have some plants and some things like that. Or they would shoot, you know, uh, what are those uh, animals out there? The, it's like a deer type thing, but they they would hunt for these animals and kill these animals. And yeah. Eat them, okay. What he found was in the populations where they were more vegan, vegetarian. Yeah. 
still healthy, but the people that had access to animal and ate animal were slightly healthier than the people that ate the ate had the more vegetarian mm-hmm. vegan type thing. Yeah. Okay. And this was back bef- this was back before science has been corrupted and and the corporations have a, an agenda and the corporations are funding yeah. science and we're being confused with misinformation. That was before all that. So you have a radical scientist, not even related to is veganism better or is meat eating better? He has he no just, agenda. He, he has no teeth. yeah business that's funding and that's gonna you know dictate Sway on one either way side. He's yeah. just looking at what's happening. He's just looking at observing. previous generations and their health. What, and if, their what diet. I call be more true science than actually what's going on right 100%, now. Hundred percent. Yeah. So when you look at Weston A. Price's research and, and you go whoa, and you make your own conclusions based off of that, it's um, it's for me. It's like. There's a wide variety of ways we can live, and to be again dogmatic on one and the other is going to cause a lot of pain and suffering. If Absolutely. you're too extreme and you're too hardened, for example, when I was hard up on meat, guess what happened? I got a parasite and I had really intense digestion issues. Okay, mm-hmm. me eat, eating meat bogged my digestion down, made me hurt more, and gave me more symptoms and put me further into illness. Guess what I had to do? I went juicing. I went vegan for two months, maybe longer. Yeah. I juiced 120 ounces I remember. of fresh juice every day. I was the juice man. Oh, and that juice was fire too. Dude, it I wasn't juiced, just that juice cleanse And shit. guess what? It helped me heal. Yeah. Okay. Fast forward. For, for your symptoms fast, specifically. Yes. Fast forward. I'm having symptoms come back. I'm not having digestion that's right. Guess what I'm, do- I'm doing? I'm only drinking juice cause, and I'm eating less meat because that made me feel good for a time frame. Yep. I go, I talk to this naturopath doctor and he goes, hey, where's your fiber? You're not eating enough fiber because you're drinking all this juice. And I'm like, yeah, bro, I know. In my head, I'm thinking, I know, man. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm a personal trainer. I'm a coach, you know? And, he, and, I, and I sit with it and I go, and I haven't been eating that much meat because I felt like it was bogging my digestion down uh-huh. when I had the issues. Yeah. Okay. So I go home and I sat for a second. I thought, motherfucker's right. Yeah. <laughs> and real. I had to be real with myself. So guess what I do? I go right down to the butcher shop. I grab myself some roast beef and some salad mix. I make myself three salads a day with some meat on it, and I heal again. And I yeah. get past the symptoms that were Fix coming it. back. Yeah, it kind of helps you with that parasite. It helped me with, with healing. Oh, yeah, sorry, with, with healing. With balancing my system out. Yeah. So I thought, shit, man. Well, if veganism helped me at one point, and then it started to kind of bite me in the ass, and then I had to eat meat, and in my soul, in my, my what I perceived to to feel was I needed something more. Yep. I eat the meat and all of a sudden I start to have better symptoms, better response to exercise, better skin, better sleep, better sex drive, better recovery. And I'm going, so what does that mean? If I have two distinct experiences telling me something and they're on the opposite side of the spectrum, where do I need to Where do we draw the line? Do how I do I how, how do I learn from these? So now we go into I want to take you back to the Game Changers movie. Yeah. Now when they say well, meat eating is bad. Now, they didn't even bring up the topic of digestion. What no. goes on with digestion? So when you think about eating, when you think about eating, it's a one track from your mouth to your asshole. Yep. It's one tube. It, nothing is inside of you until your body takes it and puts it inside of it. Through, We're all just a bunch of tubes, y'all. Through, no, but through, <laughs> so through your digestion processes and through your microvilli and your small intestine and all the bile to break down these nutrients and all these things right yeah and digestive enzymes and and hydrochloric acid those things start to break down the food and pull nutrients into your bloodstream it past that gut barrier right yep 
when you eat, you just don't eat and automatically get the nutrients. That's no. a misconception. You have to break it down. You have to have the power to do that. You have to be able to assimilate it, get it into the body with key nutrients. You have to chew it. You need the enzymes. The enzymes come but from previous what food. About, you know, vitamins A, D, E, K, all these fat-soluble vitamins. If you don't have the fat content, how are you going to get those vitamins into the body yeah. without the fat? Because they attach themselves. And they, they need those things to use to get in, right? Yep. So what if you're deficient on your fat because low fat has been sold as better for your health? Now, boom. Now, they're not talking about any of that in regards of meat. Now, no. when you're like, oh, blanket, meat eating blanket is bad, statements blanket only statements. In, in, in Netflix documentaries. <laughs> Average person between your drinking as a young teen and, and into your 20s and alcoholic binging to your lack of sleep to your stressful college career to your stressful raising yeah. and your culture and the toxicity coming from the food, your digestive power and your enzymes and your hydrochloric acid by the time you're 35 – average american has been diminished so now when you eat the piece of meat first you don't chew it well there's another problem you don't chew the meat you chew it three times and you swallow that meat ends up sitting and rotting in your digestion in your tract that is already kind of rotten from the normal like if you're getting general meat from safeway or walmart like it's it's already trash toxic so now it's toxic meat with toxic chemicals sitting in your gut rotting and causing you pimples causing you acne causing you joint inflammation and then when you stop eating that meat, you feel better and you go, wow, I went vegan. I feel better. Vegan is, veganism is the way. Because, because you obviously you feel better because you're not overburdening your digestive Because you eliminated your poison. Right. right. So none of that talk was in there. So that's when, no. when, when I look at the game change, I'm like, come on, guys. It's, we're dynamic. If you look up the term bio-individuality, there's a book called uh, by William Walcott. It's called uh, Metabolic Typing. If you look at O, or not O typing, but a blood type diet, yeah. these things, they're very similar where you're looking at the person as an individual. Mm-hmm. Now, when a person walks in and says, well, I've got these, you can have your digestion be a part of the picture, where you live, where you're from, how your sleep is, what's your stress level like, do you have any injuries, what's your current training schedule like, what's your breathing like, that all weighs into how you decide what to eat. Totally. And that's the tr- that's the challenge with our current ways of thinking is we want to make it as easy as possible so we don't have to think about it yeah we want that blanket statement so we can tell me what to do do something and i can do it but that's going to cause and not have to think and not have to think about everything else in my life and why i'm doing it right right that's the issue and that's the issue with the whole movie so i can stop there yeah is where it's not teaching people how to how to think for themselves critically it's trying to persuade them into believing believing here's that's the word believing something is true and that's that's dangerous. We're playing we're li- a dangerous game. I don't think we've ever lived in a time this as a society where we've had so much, you know, not just like news exposure, but also like literally like fake news exposures. Like I hate cre- keep bringing up that uh, that kind of trigger word, but I would genuinely put the Game Changers documentary and a lot like a lot of health documentaries as fake news in that they are not giving you all the facts they're giving you some facts to conclude a another blanket statement mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um just to kind of you know further like testify like where this is coming from the producer and like the like the director of uh game changers also funded 200 million dollars into pea protein so what do you think his oh, agenda is yeah okay, absolutely go. well i mean it's it's through the it's through the narrator of like a former ufc fighter that went right, vegan right and right. he actually he has he has like vegan products for purchase uh-huh. so if people just really love his voice and really uh-huh. want to get to know more about him 
you plug him, you know, to the website and sure. about him, and sure. boom, he's 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 getting your money. Okay. So of course, let's just blanket statement put up a compelling argument. You know, again, he does a, a cool job uh, pointing out some benefits that could potentially work if mm. it worked for all the other principles and aspects of your life, um, but never goes into detail to actually describe what that would look like mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. not just on the nutritional aspoint uh, aspect of it but also like dude he's a fucking ufc fighter like he also works out like a nut there we go he also up, you so know he, he is probably also living a very healthy life not Regimented just nutritionally but just as a lifestyle whole uh, he is a very decorated um athlete his entire life he right, he had a, right. he has a good head on our shoulders a lot of us are still just trying to figure out <laughs> where the fuck we are, not just in our own health, but like, you know, career, survive, our aims, you know? our passion. Yeah, so. Um, that, that brings me to another comment. Okay, someone brought up uh, the China study a while back. I remember the China study, the China study, the China study. If you've never heard of it, look it up. It's the big book, and they do this, you know, study on Chinese people and their diets and why that's the best diet and things like that. Yeah. And then one time it hit me, I was talking to my, my partner's parents, and they were they're vegan or vegetarian, and for a while, it was a really con hot topic around the dinner table while I was visiting them. And then it was making me very anxious and very uncomfortable. And I would just grit my teeth. And I just, God damn it. Because you know, they were trying to turn me vegan. That's basically totally. what they were trying to do. Undercover. And I could see it. And I'm like, it didn't feel good to have someone want to change me. Yeah. Okay. So anyways. Here's something they, wrong they, they about bring, you. They bring with a Chinese study. And, I, and it hit me later. And I was like, here's my argument. Do you live like a Chinese man or a woman? Yeah. Do you? No. So we can't compare Absolutely a Chinese not. study to an American person. No. We can't take an athlete and say the athlete's living the same life and we can compare exactly the same things to an average Joe. Of a sedentary. Sedentary, <laughs> fast food. Man of different culture, different weather conditions. Foods. Right, right. So what are we, why are we doing these blanket statements? And, and there's another term, infobesity. There's so much information out there that it's hard to distill what the hell is right. Yeah. You know, we have too much information. And we have too much. And so there are a few people, if you want to look up one guy in terms of topics of nutrition and holistic eating, look up Paul Check. Paul, yeah, Paul Check. -E He's very, a G. Very balanced, gone through health challenges. These are, this is a man that has walked the walk for 30 years. It's a modern day guru. It mod yeah, he is amazing. He is the, he is the man. And, and when I say this, I, and why I trust him is because, you know, you, you see the man at 57, the man is a beast, will outrun you, outperform you, broken his neck, had a got, you know, had some crazy issues, fungal infections, yeah. had health challenges up the yin yang and work through them to come to the understanding that it's not so one way of eating because that one way of eating is going to bite you in the ass. Yeah. And, you know, it... I wish it was easy. I wish we could just say this is it. But when you're overrun and your body starts leaching out calcium from your bones and starts leaching out micronutrients from your bodies and tissues, do you, are you replenishing those? Do you know what foods have those in there? Mm -hmm. Or are you just going to you know, eat kale raw because you think that's the best way and actually starts making you really fucked up and starts – causing more digestion oh, issues, yeah, right? Raw or raw broccoli or something, Turning right? stuff off in your because body. Because you don't have the power. So it's it's much more complex than that. And I think these movies, 
again, have some great points of like bringing the topic of about meat and usage, but then really do a disservice because there's vested interest in other things. Here's a, here's a, one more thing I want to bring up before I forget. Yeah. Is how intense it is to have vegans or people that are very passionate about saving the world belittle people that eat meat, belittle people that choose to eat animal product as we're fucking up the environment and we're the, you know, you need to this. And it's almost very evangelistic, very yeah, patronizing, know, patronizing mm-hmm. to people that do eat meat without asking that person, hey, where do you get your meat? And, and I'll tell you, you know what? I get it from yeah. Trainee. Trainee has a farm. It's a 50-acre farm up in Gwinda, California. She has 50 employees. She grows organic food miles away from a polluting industry. And she has chickens that eat crickets, acorns, walnuts because yeah. she has walnut trees. And I can tell you that because I know the woman. And do you know, did you ask me that question before you – patronized me and said that eating eat is bad guess what the people that are growing food like that and raising animals are stewards of the land and you know what they understand they understand soil science so when you look at soil they want, need they literally need they that need for the their animals. own small business yes. they need to respect the rules and the carbon you know all right. of that shit but animals have an integral part in soil health yeah when they when when they go poop when they go poop in the garden <laughs> you go, said that really cute poop. when they go poop when they go poop in the in the pastures, they're feeding all those plants to regenerate and grow. Yeah. What we what we're missing is this. There's it's called the life cycle. When you look at the life cycle and soil and water and nutrients and organisms, it's a closed chain. It's a closed circle. You cannot remove one thing out of there and think you're gonna have a, a closed, the same outcome. Yeah. Right. So when when vegans and vegetarianisms, and I'm not knocking all of vegans and all vegetarians in this way. That's another. I'm not casting this judgment, but what I do feel as a general vibe, yeah, is you're not even thinking about oh, Beyond Meat Burger and Impossible Burger. It's these. Did you know that when you're putting canola oil in things, canola oil is a very high processed, the high, worst. It's 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 very high processed oil that they're growing commercially, GMO usually, and they're putting it in, into these things. I'm, they, I think those might be non-GMO. Okay, whatever, right? But they're still producing all this canola oil. Yeah. And you want to go get your veggie patty that's made out of a bunch of processed soy, wheat gluten, and soy proteins that's been monocropped, sprayed heavily, and destroying the planet just as much. And then they got to put it in the package and deliver it to you, which has a carbon footprint of the gas, of the things, of the per right? Oh, yeah. It's a much more, you're still destroying the planet. And here you are on your pedestal going, you know what? You're destroying the planet, meat eaters. Thinking you're a Where's saint. the awareness? Absolutely. And that drives me nuts, and it makes me, I can you tell my voice, it, it generally gets me worked up. Well, like, yeah. you guys. And that's, that's like the general, like you have a much more educated perspective of it, but like the general stigmatism is like, yeah, when people just preach about like veganism is the truth and it'll save your life, it's it's often coming from uneducated folk. And to, to, to say that point, it did save my life at one point. So yeah. That, right? So I understand that. At one that, point, but, it was the light. But when okay, here, here want to get into something weird now? We gotta wrap this up in okay. a little bit, but okay. just one last little, one little weird, weird thing, thing, just to spark it off, is that sometimes you meat eaters and veganisms have health challenges on both ends. When people go extreme totally. that way, there's if you just look at Paul Check's work and just look at his stuff and do research and maybe contact him and ask about it and just dig, you'll find veganis, vegans that went vegan for twenty years and had deep things like cancer. Big illnesses come onto them and actually heal themselves with animals. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. And then you have me on the other end where I was heavily meat eating and not caring where it came from. 
heal myself through a really intense traumatic illness mm-hmm. and, and health challenge by changing my dogma and letting my letting the grip go of what I believe to be true help me heal because eating meat and eating crappy meat will potentially cause same illnesses of real fucked up shit. Absolutely. If you go too far to that extreme. And so, you know, when you look at that, where is the middle ground? Where is the middle path? Yeah. Where is where is the understanding to let go of ideals and be more fluid? We go back to the philosophy about movement. You know, where can we learn, educate, and experiment and try? You know, for example, when I see sometimes people come, oh, I'm vegan and vegetarian. I don't just look at the way you're telling me you are healthy. Yeah. I look at your skin. I look at the brittleness of your nails. I look at this color and the elasticity of your skin. I look at the language that you use. Yeah. A lot of people sometimes that tell me that they're healthy, when I hear their language, I hear hell of excuses. I hear hell of negative language. I hear, um, like, I feel depression. I feel anxiety still in their bodies and their uh-huh. hearts. And to me, that's not healthy. The healthy person is vibrant, vital, even through the health challenges and illness. Totally. Right? Um, so when I'm looking at certain people, and especially meat eaters too, I can look at a meat eater and go, ooh, you're overburdened. You've got a hell of skin issues. Your digestions, you've yeah, got a puffy you're stomach. you're probably eating too much burgers, You've got man, a puffy or... stomach. You've got um, inflamed joints that you're why – do, why do your elbows hurt so much? You don't really do much with them or your wrists. Yeah. Right? You've you have a desk so, job. You have so much information, <laughs> inflammation in your body that you could be manifesting even more with your meat eating and, and not letting it go. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I it's, again, just to tie well, it up, it's much more complex than we want to make it, and, and that's where it's lacking. I absolutely. Think. I think a good little closing statement is um, there's, ma- again, and this is something that we said in the beginning, there's many ways to do something right. There's many ways to get healthier, to lose the body fat, to get muscular, to get the partner, to get the job, whatever it is you want. Obviously, this is a health and fitness podcast, so we'll keep it specific. But you can be a diehard vegan and still fuck up your body. You can only just eat meat and still fuck up your body. But there are studies that show, if done correctly, the meat-eating side can also be beneficial, and veganism can be beneficial if done correctly, too. What other things you got to think about are just kind of what Mark has been uh, talking about of just finding your own balances in your own life. Is this vegan diet going to throw off some other balances, not just in your nutritional balances, but in just your other mental or psychological balances, whatever you have going on in your life. And on just going back to your method. And I want you to like, honestly plug that one last time of like those sure. six principles and the four doctors, what have you. Cause it's a really good, uh, flow chart for people to just think about what they need for themselves while they are probably like confused and like aimless from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of go back, tap into those things and just rather than having something in mind that you're really curious about trying out with no knowledge about it, Go back into yourself. Ask yourself these important questions about you. Um, navigate and try to figure out where your own balances and imbalances are. And then further assess what tweaks in your diet are needed. Um, just ultimately, just thinking critically. Don't let any documentaries, news articles, friends, peers uh, try to persuade you with just blanket statements. I mean, they're pretty easy to undercover if you just take a claim for what it is and don't really um, 
think about where it came from, who it came from, and why they're in the motive to, you know, express it. Um, you know, just have your own experience. Don't be afraid of a little trial and error because the healthiest guys have had their own trial and errors. Mm-hmm. I've had mine. Mm-hmm. Mark just told mm-hmm. you his. Paul Check, who is his mentor, has many more that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it, it's all going to come with the battle. But if you keep... If you keep experimenting with yourself and keep keeping those, you know, keep keeping, keeping those balances uh, in check and very, being very accountable with them on a, on a consistent basis, you, you have to just know at this point that you're going to be headed to a better, more positive, intrinsic direction that's going to yield way more results than any one fad trend diet can give you. So, well said. Mark, I want you to just like tell us again what those six principles are. Those four doctors, uh, or, <laughs> you know, sure. that that stuff was uh, was very crucial information sure. uh, in my opinion. All right. So the six four three two one model. Mm-hmm. So whenever you're looking at any health um, or fitness goal for yourself, ask yourself uh, and and run write this down. So write this down, and then you can go off of every six principle and write what you're doing now, what you're feeling like is working, what you know and what you want to research is six, four, three, two, one. So you've got six principles, foundation principles. This is what your house of health and fitness is built on is your sleep, nutrition, hydration, breathing, thinking, and movement. Assess how much am I sleeping? Am I getting good quality sleep? What time do I go to bed? What time do I wake up? Am I following in the natural circadian rhythm? How long have I been doing that circadian rhythm testing? What is that process? Be honest, write it down. What's my nutrition like? What foods do I eat the most? Write them down. You know, the average person eats about 10 fruits and vegetables, the same ones for years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I have a habit of this too. And I really try to make it a, make it a process to um, go out and eat foods that I wouldn't normally find, right? There's so many foods. So nut- uh, nutrition, hydration, are you drinking good quality clean water? Just look up ewgenvironmentalworkinggroup.com and type in your zip code and see what's in your water. You can also take your water <laughs> and have your water be tested. Yeah. Okay. Just try to stay on point with sure, these uh, sure, little sure. Uh, principles, doctors, and stuff. Okay. Just so they can do their own research. You sure. know what I mean? Right, right. But that's a yeah, little few things on each. Side note, check out your water. Check out your water. <laughs> okay. Then you've got sleeping, nutrition, hydration, breathing. Look into breathing mechanics. Are you breathing properly? Thinking. What's your thought process? Are you negative, you know, negative person? Do, what do you need to work on there? And what kind of movement? For doctors, this is more succinct. Doctor diet, doctor happiness, doctor uh, sorry, doctor diet, quiet, happiness, and movement. Assess what you're doing in those. Those four doctors can really save your life and, and bring you out of a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. Three forces optimal toward your dream. Indifferent, keeping you in the same pattern and flatlining, and suboptimal, taking you further away from your goal or dream. Or, or uh, um, closer to your nightmare. Yep. Two forces, hot, cold, male, female, sympathetic, parasympathetic, hot, cold. Where, do you, where are you at on that spectrum in your life and in your day? Yeah. And then your one dream, which would be optimal for me, what is that you really want? Goal, objective, or nightmare? So let me just give you my example for my dream so that you can get where I come from, why I did this. All right. I want, I'm a dancer. I've been dancing for about almost 20 years nice. okay I was at a point where I didn't dance I was in pain this is the pain part I wanted to be the best 
I wanted to be a phenomenal dancer. I wanted to get good again. I wanted to dance again. And the second goal, when I heard Scott Sonnen and Paul Check, when they woke me up to my legacy, I wanted to be, and I still want to be, this is current, the best coach out there. One of the best. Not the best because there's going to be many coaches that are great. Yeah. But I want to be in that top level mm-hmm. where I have an understanding that I can help people out of their challenges. I want to be on that level. Yeah. And so those two are my dreams. And every time I someone asks me, hey, Mark, do you want to go out clubbing tonight? I have to assess. Is it taking me further away? What's my body feeling like? Am I tired? Am I in pain? Am my knees hurt? And if I have anything that's wrong with me, guess what? I say no because that's not taking me closer to being out of pain and feeling good so that I can attack my goal for the next week of increasing my business or something besides being tired. So I have to run that system back to those dreams of being the best coach I want to be and dancing again and being creative, artistic person that I am. Mm-hmm. That's what's fueling me. And so what I end it with is, what is, what do you really want? What gives you juice in life? And what do you really want? Be very clear and, and you can work that system back from Absolutely. that Absolutely. Think deeper than the diet and then further assess what you need to manipulate from your diet according. You use the word... Um, what was it? What's not compliance, but uh, something like that of like staying, just staying with your your goals. It's intrinsic. Yeah, intrinsic. It's, it's an intrinsic. It's deeper. It's inside of you. It's not outside of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Awesome stuff, Mark. Um, so that was a lot of information. Where can they find more of this information, or how can they? How can the audience honestly? contact you and reach out for further uh you know more personal questions sure you can i'm using instagram mostly these days so Mm -hmm. instagram my handle on there is all one word soul muva fitness soul muva with an a right no with an o so soul muva s-o-u-l-m-o-v-a v V as in victor yeah fitness and you can find my stuff there you can direct message me there yeah. Or you can message me at soulmova, S-O-U-L-M-O-V-A at gmail.com if you want to reach out. Yep. So there's the uh, there's the guru himself, you know, putting himself out there. If, uh, any of this or, you know, for me, a lot of this sparked my own interest. Um, and you're having a hard time trying to put this, uh, this plan together for yourself um, rather than just going and listening to everything the Game Changers documentary has to tell you to how to live your life. <laughs> Um, speak to a professional, okay? And um, just like we all need coaches, Marky, you got one more thing. I got one more thing. You got, got one more I got thing. One more thing on this on this thing. Watch your coaches, study them, keep your coaches accountable, and keep your coaches ca- accountable. Because I've been here, and I, I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about it that long, but you know, our growth as coaches, we're not always, you know. I know more now than I did five years ago. I know more now than I did 10 years ago. And that's the way it works. Yeah. But does your coach do what he's telling you or she's telling you to do? Yep. Is their life in alignment? And most of the times, you know, you have to really watch your coach and vet them. Look at their resources. Look at their track record. Talk to some of their clients now. Mm-hmm. Look at their success stories. What's their success rate? Because there's a lot of, I don't want to say it's a lot of fucking bullshit out there with with this training world and Oh, there's a lot of bullshit uh, trainers at our this, gym that we work at. And that, yeah, they will re- remain sure, anonymous. Sure, I'm sure. never going to bat but, on anybody. But that's the thing is you can be sold with fancy words and with someone's charisma. Look deeper. You can get sold on their dream just like you can get sold on in this documentary. You can get sold by me. But 
don't and that, like, <laughs> like most people say, don't believe what I say. Research it and do your yeah. own research. And and when you come back and you go, actually, I found that to be true. Then we have a conversation. Then we have a process. And then we have more to work with. Hundred percent. Don't just believe my ass. Yeah, check his ass. Check his ass. Me? Don't believe his ass. All right, y'all. So that's gonna wrap up this episode. Uh, we covered so much uh, important stuff. Um, I'm stoked to capitalize on this, and I hope you guys are as well. So, uh, Marky, it was a pleasure having you on, man. Thank you so much. It's going to be the first of many podcasts with you, I know for a fact. Uh, we also came up with this name. Hopefully, if it sticks, I don't know. If we're, should we release the name? It might be. It's going to be the Buns and oh, Guns podcast. Do you feel me? <laughs> <laughs> He's got the bun, the man bun. I've got the guns. You feel me? It's, it's cheesy, thank but you, so is my you, hook. Uh, thank you, Dylan, for having me on. I really appreciate it, and it's been cool to grow with you, and you inspire me in a lot of ways. Oh. I've told you that many times before. Yeah, so. we definitely keep each other accountable of continuing our, our own growth and education and experiences. Um, it helps that we're both passionate in this field. It's good to, it's good to work with a like-minded cat like yourself. All right, everybody. Um, we are signing out, so follow this man, Soul Move of Fitness. Check him, check him out. If you, uh, if you want to work with him, I'm pretty sure he's got some time to work with you. Um, so go ahead and give it a look if you're interested. That's all we got for you this week. Cheers, y'all. Stay fit. Stay fit.